Hello, lads. Welcome to another episode of the Seconds Out podcast, where uh, a guest I've wanted to get on for a while now. Um, Connor Slater, how are you getting on? Yeah, I'm not too bad, mate. How are you keeping? Good, good. Uh, can you just introduce yourself there to the listeners, just to, you know, to get to, for the listeners to get to know you? Yeah, well, I suppose um, probably not that well known. Uh, but I, I look after and manage um, six or seven Irish boxers at the moment, um, based in Dublin previously over in London but yeah look I look after um Dylan Morn, Vladimir Belusky um and then in O'Rourke's gym Tiernan Bradley, Tony Brown, Ryan O'Rourke, um John Cooney so yeah there's a there's a good group there um really really good good prospects in boxing and um exciting exciting stable. Um, that yeah, I've 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 seen a lot now. I've had Victor on the podcast. I'm yet to get a few others on the podcast. Um, How did I forget Victor? Sorry, I didn't even say Victor's name there, did I? And Victor, no, you yeah, did, Victor's... but sure, you know. Um, no, but <laughs> he's gonna kill me How... for that. <laughs> Victor's Victor. No, no, I say he won't be. I say he won't be mad as you now. But um, no. how did you start your sports? Uh, your your sports consultancy. Uh well, um, I was working in boxing since I was. Uh, 19. So I was working for a company over in the UK that managed boxers and promoted shows. And then we, while I was working there, they they moved into um, managing Irish boxers. There was a few Irish boxers there and managed guys over in America and France and in Germany. Uh, so it was really, really good learning experience for me. And then uh, that's where I met Victor. Victor's actually, well, the, the, the longest boxer, the boxer I've known the longest really is Vlad. Um, Vladimir Belusky and then Victor is actually the, the longest serving uh, boxer I've known um, Victor's a terrific terrific boxer um, but from there then yeah it was back in late 2019 I just kind of decided to do my own thing wanted to help out as many boxers as I could um, get them fights Vlad wanted me to stick around with him um, Dylan Moore was kind of eyeing up what, what options he was going to do so I was giving advice to, to a lot of the guys and then Stephen O'Rourke came to me, who had guys that wanted to turn pro, and um, obviously he had Victor, who was a pro already, and was kind of looking at advice and looking at what promotional deals to try to get themselves. Um, and I just said that I'd start my own thing um, and look after a kind of boutique little stable of fighters, not too many. Um, and yes, yeah, so I, I, as I said, I'm a manager, agent, advisor, whatever you want to call it. I, that, that's what I am to kind of seven guys at the moment and on top of that I do a lot of matchmaking and event consultancy for a lot of different promoters across Europe and, and America as well um no because I remember I've I only started I I I only started like knowing who you were because true uh true tier like true like looking at like tier and like oh he was like promoting the event it's like oh but like Slater Sports again and I was like they're, they're putting on a, a great show I was like you know what I'll get this guy in the podcast and I'll see I'll see if he wants to come on obviously you wanted to come on and and here you are now but um, yeah exactly yeah no and I am I listened to the to the podcast you did a couple of weeks ago with Victor actually, because um, he, he he was telling me that he'd done the done the podcast. So I, I looked it up on Spotify, and yeah, no, it's uh, going going well for yourself. It seems uh, got Victor on, and yeah, as you said, Tiernan. I know you're a big fan of Tiernan as well, so he's doing he's doing really well. And as I said, hopefully five and zero now by uh, by June nineteenth. Um, do you, how about Tony Brown as well? Tony, um, he's what is he looking? Is he on the ranks soon? Is he is looking to get a fight soon? 
Yeah, so Tony's actually out in a couple of weeks, May 2019, he's fighting a guy called Matteo Diana, an Italian guy over in Spain. That would be Tony's second eight-rounder, and that would be Tony again moving to 5-0, which is just terrific. Like, you know, Tony, again, a lead amateur, turned over in October, has, has fought every eight weeks, you know, which is terrific because I, really I do think um, inactivity for boxers is a, is a major uh, downfall for a lot of boxers that, you know, you need to keep the momentum going. And every time Tony stepped into the ring, he's, he's faced something different, be it a tougher opponent, a different style of opponent. Uh, he stepped up from six rounds to eight rounds and time and time again, he's, he's answered the questions. And, you know, I, I read an article there a few weeks ago on irishboxing.com saying that like you know he's allergic to cotton wool and that's really it we don't we don't um wrap them in cotton wool at all tony's been straight in to the deep end fighting former world champions fighting guys who defeated other irish prospects and he's answered every question so it's really exciting time for tony to be quite honest with you um he can go five and oh and if he comes through that there's a undefeated dutchman waiting for him on june 19th as well in belgium so if he can come through the eight rounder in in a few weeks on May 29th, he'll be out three weeks later, June 19th in Belgium. Um, so he, he, like, you know, our aim is to kind of wrap things up at the end of June for the likes of Tiernan and Ryan and um, Tony. But Tony could be 6-0 and by, by the time June comes around. And really our aim is to be kind of in the top 80 in the world. And from there, you know, Tony hopefully over to America in September, October, if the, if the travel bans restrict, or the restrictions are lifted for travel. Um, and we're, we're eyeing up some major, major title fights. There's a Brazilian guy over in New York who were, who we've been linked with. And, and that's a fight that we, that we want, but once the travel, travel allows us, then, then we'll be, we'll be ready to go. But it's these sort of fights that all the guys are getting Tiernan, Victor, um, sorry, I just have to decline that. Sorry, mate. No, well, just had to decline the call. Um, all the guys that are getting the fights now are really preparing them well for uh, for going over and taking big steps up over in um, in America. Uh, could you just speak to me a, a bit about um, the the likes of Tony Brown facing a former IBF world champion who was in the ring? Uh, this IBF former world champion was in the ring with the likes of Golovkin, and how it, it's amazing how fast he can step up and already being against a former world champion. Can you see fights? Uh, coming along for, for the likes of Victor and, and all the other guys in Dublin again for, for former world champions or even stepping up for a world championship fight. Definitely. You know, um, that's a credit to, to Tony and his trainer for taking that opportunity that I presented them with. You know, I it was back in January. I had my eye on Kasim Uma, who's obviously, as you said, former IBF world champion, went 10 rounds with Golovkin, went the distance with Jermaine Taylor. You know, his record speaks for itself. And I, I had that eyed up since January, really. And um, Tony jumped at the chance. Like, you know, he hounded me saying, make sure, you, make sure it happens, make sure it happens. And, you know, I think that's something maybe a positive com- that has come out of um, the way boxing has kind of become idle during the pandemic is that, you know, these guys aren't selling tickets. These guys aren't, there isn't a load of boxing happening at the moment. They need to push themselves forward to make sure that when boxing returns to full normality, they're at the highest position they possibly can be. And, you know, Tony is somebody that, you know, he turned pro at the age of 25, good age to turn pro, but there's guys who maybe turned pro two years before him that might've been perceived to have been ahead of him in the rankings or, you know, turned pro two years before him to, to really get ahead of him. But, 
Tony's made up for lost time, you know, and that, and that's 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 a positive that has come out of all this. That these guys are taking tough fights, like even um, even Tiernan's last fight, he he fought a guy. Or not his la- he in his last fight, yeah, he fought a former European title challenger. In his fight before that, he fought a guy Eduardo Valverde, who was a terrific fighter. Um, but the and these are the sort of fights that you perhaps may not have seen in normal circumstances when they're getting when they're getting token fights every every now and again. They've had to go out and work hard, and cut, they've they've bought they've bought into my philosophy of you know listen, you can we can either one sit around and not fight and wait for normality to come back or Two, um, you can go off and build your record up by fighting, you know, the worst journeymen and just have a load of knockout wins on your record. Or, and what we have done, let's make up for lost time. Let's push on ahead of everybody else while everybody else isn't fighting. Not only will we keep busy, we're actually going to fight the best and and really push up the rankings. And yeah, as you said, fighting a former world champion, that that fucking lock, and that's unbelievable for Tony. And again, he's fighting another guy um, who's... Um, who's ahead of him in the rankings? An Italian guy, Matteo Diana. And then, if he comes through that, we have a we have a Dutch guy who has signed the contract to fight Tony on June nineteenth, who is undefeated four and zero. So it's a really, really incredible time for Tony. And as you said, for the rest, and that's that's definitely the way we 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 see things going. Tiernan probably had two easy fights when he when he made his uh, debut, which was. Just because you know Tiernan hadn't fought in a couple of years, he was coming back from a from a layoff. But at, since Christmas, he's really just stepped up the levels. He had a really tough six rounder with a guy called Eduardo Valverde, which is an absolutely brilliant um, scalp for Tiernan. He then fought a former, as I said, a former European title challenger, knocked him out in the third round, and now he's stepping up against a, a guy um, who's way ahead of him in the rankings. You know, um, I, I think that opponent's going to get announced next week, but. It's a really, really good opponent. And it's a, it, listen, it might not be a, a former world champion, but it's somebody that will really um, probably bring the best out of Tiernan. And it's a step up to eight rounds. So, like, even, you know, you, you talk about Tiernan only making his debut in October, what, six months ago. And that was already, in Poland. I remember that. That was in Poland, yeah. Yeah, exactly. And, and But already, after four fights, what, he's gone the distance once. He's only, gone the, he's only done a full six rounds once. He's already stepping up to eight rounds. And that's just a credit to him and, and his trainer and, and his sparring partners and all that. And even um, Ryan O'Rourke, he's got to fight June 19th as well in, in Belgium. And he's fighting the former Belgian champion, a really good record. Um, again, maybe not a former world champion, but it's somebody that's really of a good level, that's really going to push Ryan. And again, Ryan's only 21 years of age. And to see him potentially moving to 8-0 come June, he's going to be ready for titles and the plan for Ryan really is there's one or two other guys that we're looking at. Um, the next fight after this, we're looking at a guy called Cedric Pano, who, if you remember, he actually, he should have beat Connor Ben. He, he had a, a controversial loss to Connor Ben and then Connor Ben did rectify that by beating him in the rematch, but it's a really, really tough opponent. So we're hopeful to get him maybe in August, September for, for Ryan. And then by the end of the year, we're hoping to get a, a title, maybe a WBC youth world title or, or some sort of title like that. So that's that's on our radar. Um, John Cooney, again, he's going to fight twice in the next six weeks. That could be him at 5-0, and and he only made his debut 
three weeks before Christmas, you know, so that's incredible again. And there's some great fights for John Cooney as well. He, he might not have the promotional backing yet that, like, you know, the other lads have with star boxing and things like that. But John, you know, a fight that I'd love to see John do that any of these UK prospects who are undefeated, um, you know, he, John said to me about Campbell Hatton. I'm not a big fan of like calling people out because of their name, but Campbell Hatton's probably somebody that in six to nine months' time will be looking for a domestic name and another domestic name on their way up. And I think John's had a limited amateur experience. Campbell Hatton's had a limited amateur experience. They're both kind of going to be six or seven fight novices, but at the stage, it's a good little eight-rounder to, to make. Uh, so that's something that we definitely keep an eye on. But even a- any of these guys in the UK scene uh, or across Europe, John will be ready to jump at once he gets a couple of more. He- he'll do two six-rounders now in May and June, and then probably two eight-rounders before the end of the year. And then after that, you know, it's kind of, he'll be 7-0. We'll probably get him to 8-0, and then it's time to kind of let him off the leash. Um, Vladimir Belusky, he's probably going to fight June 5th. Um, in just a little takeover fight, and then he has a title fight. Um, now Vlad, Vlad's a great guy. He he uh, he challenged already for the WBC Youth World Title. He's gone over onto an MTK show and fought David Brophy, former Commonwealth champion, on three days' notice. He um, he, he jumps at any opportunity. He went over to Poland and knocked out a, a local Polish prospect, a, a former amateur standout Ukrainian guy, but based in Poland. Uh, so Vlad's really somebody that jumps at any challenge. And he, he after he'll have a little takeover fight because he's coming back from an injury. Uh, he'll have a takeover fight on June 5th. And then he's going to challenge for a title over in Germany against a local Russian. Um, on That was supposed to be on June 19th, but it's been pushed back till Ju- July 17th just because... The, the opponent that he was supposed to have had a little niggle or something so they've pushed the show back um, a month and then Victor Victor obviously had um, you know he, he won Celtic titles already as a pro um, really established himself as above Irish level and, and he's he's moving on we we have a couple of dates for him in September October maybe even November in America for title fights I'd like to get him out once before then just to get a you know, if there is any ring rust, I know we fought twice in September and October, which not a lot of boxers have, but if I can get him out once more in, in a six-rounder, maybe in July or August, because um, he, he has a slight niggle at the moment. Uh, but he's been training really, really well. All the lads now in the gym, you know, he's really, really sparring well, but he just has a little niggle, so he's got to take some time off. Uh, but still training, just can't punch fully. So he'll probably get out in July or August in a six-rounder and then over to over to America so the, the gyms I'm trying to make sure I, I, I say everybody and Dylan Moran Dylan Moran will be back can I actually um, uh, talk to you about Dylan Moran for a sec because I remember yeah go ahead um, with, with Dylan Moran uh, and, uh, and you may I, I, I'm actually so excited to listen to what you had to say over the past few minutes just that, like the, the amount of fights with the, the WBCU title but we'll get back to that later but one yeah, so fight that stands out for me is the one no no but you, you, it's a podcast so you, you know yourself but one fight that stands out for me and everyone's been talking about it in, in, in the, the Irish boxing scene Jake Paul versus Dylan Moran is was there ever a contact back from Triller? Because I remember you tweeted on the 19th of April at Triller, we've been in touch and our offer still stands. Um, has Triller ever got back to you on that? Because I and you said, I know our BJ Frost boxing would never let his man spar, even let alone fight Dylan. But at Triller, we've been in touch and our offer still stands. Has Triller ever got back to you on that? Um, no, there was like brief 
conversations it, listen Triller's a huge organization and we probably got a bit overexcited when they emailed back once <laughs> you know but yeah. they, there was a you know we, we contacted them because it's obviously there's some this isn't the normal fight where we can say right we'll we'll make you an offer to, to fight you in you know your call or somewhere like that you know that they called the shot so we I, I just emailed Triller um to say listen you know your, your man can't make all these this noise about Dylan and Slayton publicly and use his reach of what like 20 million subscribers or whatever he has to kind of slate Dylan and then not have some questions to answer so you know if you're going to slag this boxer off listen we're, we're happy enough even just to do a little spar rather than because listen we're not stupid the, the game's the game Jake Paul's only going to fight guys who are have hip hip replacements, I think, was the last one that he had. Ben Askren, yeah, he had a hip replacement. He's only either fighting washed up um, boxers or MMA fighters. And, you know, it's kind of, I, I was watching actually another guy I want to shout out, Johnny Rashman. He's, he's an amazing uh, boxing media lad. But I was watching mm. his Twitter and it was like, you know, he's only, he's only like fighting, he's basically saying, oh, he's only like fighting, only like washed up bums and all that. And journeyman, well, former journeyman that. And then it, it's kind of smart by Jake Paul's team. You know, they're calling the shots, right? They, they want to get like the old people to get Jake Paul a big payday. But the, the game is not like that. I, I want to see like the fight fans only want to see good, good, solid fights. And as well, going back to Campbell Hatton versus John Cooney, was it? I, I'd love to mm. see that fight happen. And I, I, I think um, that that'd be a fight that I'd love to get on the cards. As well, yeah. Like, listen, I, th- I think that, and I think that's a fight that makes sense. Like, I saw um, a couple of boxers calling out um, Campbell Hatton, which who have no business calling out Campbell Hatton. These guys are either two weights bigger than them, or well past the the stage of like Campbell Hatton, as you've seen with Conor Ben. Campbell Hatton won't be fighting for any major titles or in any major fights for the next three or four years. But Conor Ben did fight guys like Conor Ben fought. A guy called Mike Cole from Bournemouth. He fought a guy called Kane Baker, who were both like four and zero at the time with like limited amateur experience. When he was only, when Connor was only five or six and zero as well. So them sort of fights do make sense now. Like you know, if you're fifteen and zero, and have you know ambitions of fighting for world titles and whatever else, calling out Campbell Hatton makes absolutely no sense because he's not going to do that. And equally. If you're a journeyman, calling out Campbell Hatton isn't going to make much sense. But I do think John Cooney is somebody that they could look at and say, okay, he has no standout amateur pedigree of winning world championships or European championships. Um, he would be a six or seven fight novice by the time he calls them out. So it's not like you're taking on somebody with, you know, four times the amount of experience as you do in the pro ring. And of similar age, John's only 23 or 24. Um so there's there's a real opportunity there for for John to listen, not call him out. Like I see people slagging off Campbell Hatton because he's getting an opportunity because of his dad, but John, it's, yeah, John you know, I just can I stop you there for a second? I just want to mm. implement something. I think I think it's what with Campbell Hatton and you know mm. the, the likes of Ricky Hatton. It's like oh, his daddy's money and his daddy's setting up all these fights, and it's the same with Conor Ben. It's the same with you know all the all the famous legendary boxes that their sons are getting into the game now. They're like oh, his dad's paying for that and his dad's setting up that. But do you really yeah. think that that's the case at all? Um, listen, I, I, I don't think Matchroom would have signed Campbell Hatton if. You know, he wasn't Ricky Hatton's son, of course. But I, I, don't, I don't, you know, everybody has to play the, the hand they're dealt, you know. And because Campbell Hatton has a 
has a famous dad and a and a and a legend of a father in the boxing world does doesn't mean he shouldn't reap the rewards that are being put in front of him and you can't you can't knock the kid for that like you know he's he's um he's got a good opportunity now it's over to him and trust me when boxing's an unforgiving sport and listen he might get a few handy touches when he's on his way up to six seven eight no but if Campbell Hatton isn't good enough he won't go on to win titles he won't make it but if he is good enough then all these people slagging him for getting this opportunity at at this age of his career will, will end up looking stupid like many people did with Conor Ben because Conor Ben got the same sort of criticism that Campbell Hatton's getting at the moment um, and now look at them they're all eating humble pie because Conor Ben has proved that he is good enough and there was a stage where you know them, them sort of fights with Pano even Vargas where they were um, potential slip-ups for him but he's proved that he is good enough and okay Conor Ben m- might have got the platform undeservedly based on his boxing skill and IQ when he was on the way up at 1-0 5-0 8-0 he probably didn't merit getting on pay-per-view cards and all that sort of things but by God did he prove himself and he has put the work in and I think the same with Campbell Hatton Okay, Campbell Hatton's skill level at the moment doesn't justify that he he should be fighting on pay-per-view cards, Chisora Parker and White Povetkin and all these sort of great cards. But he does have that opportunity, so fair play to him. I don't think if anybody was given that out, if, if I got a phone call now for Eddie Hearn to say, anyone, oh, you know, can then can either like even the likes of Victor or John Atuna, can you hop on the next matching card with Sean exactly. Fighters? Would I exactly. guess you would take it because that's uh, that, uh, uh, like I am no promoter, but I guess you want your fighter to get the, the maximum amount of attention and, and fan, not fans, but you know, the maximum amount of attention in a certain way to gain more traction towards your fighter in a really positive way, which is something that you know all promoters should be leaning towards. Um, but have you got and, any no, calls? No, yeah. and, and, I, and, and I do think then, listen, he, so he will probably get the exposure that other boxers don't get in these next kind of 12 months or so. But at some stage, you know, he's not going to continue fighting four-rounders forever. And at some stage, he will have to prove if he's good enough or not. And if he is good enough, then then he'll, he'll, he'll make something of himself and he'll make all these people yeah. bad mouth them at the moment eat humble pie. But um, think, um, just going back to, just yeah, going back well, to Jim. Sorry, go ahead. Um, no, just uh, I was just going to say but my question. You can uh, just uh, have you ever got any calls from matching boxing or anyone like that about about any of your fighters? Yeah, we we had a few. Um, I've worked with matching a few times. Going back to way back when we we I looked after a guy called Ben Jones who we had that was the WBO number four in the world at one stage, and he fought in a few matching shows. He fought Lee Selby. He fought Stephen Smith. Um, and then he he eventually fought um, Reese Bellotti on a matchroom show, which was which was great. Um, who else? We we had JJ McDonough at one stage. Um, he fought Jake Ball on the undercard of Katie Taylor's debut, actually against Karina Kapinska. Jesus, uh, and he so and he knocked. Good. Yeah, he he knocked Jake Ball out in round one. He was he was a ten to one underdog. I think he was thirty three to one to win by knockout, and he ended up winning. So that was a that was a great night. Um, more more recently, we we nearly had Vladimir Belusky against John Doherty confirmed. That was all agreed, signed. But then, who was it? Jamie Cox pulled out of his fight with Jack Cullen. And then, so the then they put then John Doherty in. in with Jack. They put John Doherty in with Jack Cullen. Then so okay. that was that was that one gone. Uh, we got a couple of offers. We got a fight offer for Vlad against Lerone Richards back in December. Uh, okay. We couldn't get that one agreed. Um, 
we got an offer in January, but it was too short a notice, you know. Yeah. Uh, How many Victor weeks are we against, talking? Uh, I think it was about two weeks notice for that's, Victor That's way again. too short. That's way too short. Yeah, especially after Christmas. The, the, the gang, we're kind of just all getting back into it. Um, yeah, because, you know, it's, it's just after 2020. But um, just one more question. Um, mm, uh, just I want to get your thoughts on, on Canelo versus Saunders this weekend. Um, I, I think it's it's two of the best, you know, two of the best in the division going head-to-head, giant v. giant. Who do you think is going to come out on top? I think um, I think Canelo is going to start smart, as he always does in the first few rounds, feeling out his opponent. And I think he'll he'll start to drive and drive and, and, and dig into to Saunders and get a late knockout. But I th- some people are saying Saunders will, will, is going to give my boxing lesson what do you think I don't know I I wish I could be up for Billy Joe Saunders but he's just not really that likable of a fella to be honest in the build up but I love the kind of underdog story like you know I was I was, um, I was up for Fury when he fought Klitschko you, you know going into somebody else's backyard and you know you against the world and define the odds so it, it would be an incredible story if Billy Joe Saunders won however I like you know I watched the Saunders against Lemieux and if the Saunders that fought Lemieux turns up, he has a chance. But I still see Canelo finding him. And I don't see Saunders doing enough. Like, you can nick rounds, but, like, you need to win rounds when you're fighting Canelo, you know? You need to win on points. Um, you need to win on points, good, because it, it, it's, like, it, it might be a 10-8, 10-10, like, 10-9 round, but, like, 10-7, like, you're obviously losing that round, you know? Yeah. No, exactly. And then, to be honest with you, like, Billy Joe Saunders, at, at times in rounds, and t- at times I, I think he's lost rounds, but he, the, the judges gave it to him. Exactly. Exact. No, like as in, I think he's a he's an incredible world class boxer, world class mover. Oh, yeah, and, 100%, you know, yeah. definitely world class. But I look back at some of his fights. I rewatched this week. You and you, by I'm I'm no big Eubank fan in terms of like Eubank you know, Jr. Yeah, I watched yeah. that fight back again, and that was tight. You know, Billy Joe. He he. I think he, I gave him the first six rounds, but I I didn't give him. Any of the last six, I, I had a draw. I watched back the Andy Lee fight, which was Andy Lee's end of his career, really. Andy Lee Saunders. Yeah, and uh, and I remember think... Andy Lee was one of the greatest fighters, to, and and I think he is still one of the greatest fighters ever in the Irish in, in the Irish boxing scene. Yeah, yeah, no, but but even uh, if you took out the round where Saunders dropped Andy Lee early, yeah. I think the judges would have given it to. That. Yeah, Andy Lee. I think, but even by the judges, if you eliminate the 10-8 round. Andy Lee wins the fight because it was on a, I think it was one one fifteen one thirteen or something like that, or one fourteen one thirteen. So if you eliminate the ten eight round, I think Andy Lee would have yeah. got the nod on that. Even I think Saunders was down on the cards when he fought the Argentinian fella who was a light middleweight coming up. Um, Stepped up a, a division. year ago. Yeah, and then who did he box? He bought box Martin Murray, who you know Martin Murray was coming off a defeat to. Um. And damn, um, you know, a long career as well, Martin Murray. So I just don't know if yeah. Saunders has had the activity. I don't think, I don't know how, other than the Lemieux fight, you know, I don't know, even against that fella, a Sufi or whatever his name is, yeah. dominated, but he even got stunned a couple of times. And listen, I think Saunders has it, and I think Klitschko, or I think Fury's the same, that he has it in his uh, arsenal that he can kind of bring out any, the, the best Billy Joe Saunders on yeah. any given moment when he puts his, puts his mind to it. So I do think the best Billy Joe Saunders will come into the ring on Saturday night. Saturday night but I oh, don't I, I think it'll be, be two of the best. But can I just get, just I need, before I need to wrap up, can I just get your final prediction? Canelo or Saunders, um, either by TKL, KO or uh, decision? I think it will be Canelo by um, 
quite a wide point. I can only see Saunders winning three rounds, maybe. So I'd say I say Canelo will win convincingly and Saunders to nick three, maybe four rounds. Okay. Right. Thank you, every single person, for listening to this, to this podcast. Uh, like, rate, subscribe, subscribe and follow. Uh, Connor Slater, thank you so much for coming on. No worries, mate. Take care.